0: We are continuing in our sermon series that is making its way through the Gospel of John as we continue to learn about the Johannine Jesus and his coming into the world and his work and ministry. A few things that happened between Tara's last sermon and the sermon today is Jesus has done the miracle of feeding the 5,000. And he has calmed the sea. He has performed many healings and miraculous works And now we find him talking to the crowd. So listen for a word from the gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 35 through 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of heaven. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me you or everything the father gives me will come to me and anyone who comes to me i will never drive away for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this is the will of him who sent me that i should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them on the last day. Then the Jews began to complain about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is, in, who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are the bread of life and the giver of life and the sustainer of life. pray this all in your name. Amen. I have always been a little uncomfortable with the saying, it is the will of God. You know, sometimes we may say this after a tragedy has happened and we say it was god's will or maybe it's when trying to decide what to do with our lives and someone says it's god's will for you to do this it just always seemed a bit presumptive to me as the created limited human beings that we are can we possibly know what the creator's will is can we possibly know what god is thinking Can we possibly make or decide that if decisions we make are within the will of God? I suppose my issue comes from experiences in my own life when I've been told or thought something was the will of God and then I look back and think that was clearly not true. Such as when I was in 10th grade, I prayed fervently and I was absolutely sure that it was God's will for Sarah Mayhew from the youth group to date me. I was positive. I was positive that that was God's will. We had a conversation and that had to be true. And thank goodness it wasn't. You know, there are other examples of like, is it really God's will for you to help the pastor to move? Probably not. There's a lot of power wielded in saying something is God's will, right? And those are, you know, fun examples, but there are also larger scale issues that have been used for terrible things. Philip Jenkins, who is a fabulous uh, religious historian, wrote a book called The Great and Holy War, in which he looks at uh, advertisements and speeches and, past, er, and sermons before World War I from both sides, and both are telling young men that it is the will of God for them to go and fight. Is that the will of God for 10 million people to die? I'm not so sure. But the difficulty is we want to know God's will, yes? This is the pursuit of our life, to understand where God is calling us, who God is calling us to be. As we make decisions about our career, what it will be, how much time and effort we'll put into it, as we make decisions for our family, as we make financial decisions, as we make decisions what we'll do with our free time, we want it to be in accordance with God's will. As Christians, we live lives that we hope will please God. So it would be imperative to know God's will, yes? And we do have clues, right? We do have revelations of who God is, of who God desires us to be. We have scripture, we have our creeds, we have testimonies and experience and reason. All of these help to make up the character and desires of God. They help us to understand who God is. I like to think of them as markers or flags or or signposts. Like, have you ever been swimming at a beach that has a strong rip current? Whenever I go out to California to visit Allie's family, whenever we go to the ocean, there's always a rip current out in the ocean. It's the, the terribleness of the Pacific, right? And there's always signs up to let you know that there's a strong rip current. And so when you're out in the ocean, you can see that sign and kind of mark yourself. Because if you are just out there playing, swimming, hanging out, without realizing it, soon you are 40 feet uh, to the side of the flag and 20 feet out. It serves as a marker of where safety is. It serves as a marker of where home is. I think this scripture is a signpost of God's will. It's a marker in determining the will of God in our lives. Because it says that Jesus Christ has come to earth so that we might be filled, that we might be made whole in the presence of the living God, that God's desire is that none would be lost. And all would come to know Christ. That all would come to the table to taste and see the goodness of God. Just as manna appeared as a gift from heaven to the Israelites in the Old Testament. A revelation that God had not abandoned the Israelites in the desert and the wilderness. That God would not leave them to waste away so has Jesus Christ come into the world to nourish us, to serve as the divine revelation that the Lord God, the creator of the universe, desires that we would find wholeness in the bread of life in Jesus Christ, the personhood of Jesus Christ. This is the marker that we can hold when trying to discern the will of God when trying to make a decision, when trying to orient our lives. The will of God, trying to find sustenance in God's presence. Asking the question, am I drawing closer to the great I am, to Jesus Christ? This is the beginning of what are commonly known as the famous I am statements in John. There are six of them. Where Jesus says, I am such and such and such. It's him describing who he is and what his call is in the world. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the truth and the life. I am the vine and my father is the vine grower. What is the will of God that we would believe in Jesus and know that Jesus is the bread who sustains and fills us every single day, that Jesus is the light who gives light when we are in darkness, that Jesus is the shepherd who pursues us when we wander, that Jesus is life, that Jesus is the center, the roots from which we grow out from. God's will is that we would know Jesus and therefore know the fullness of life and this is all really good news right it's something that we think you'd be excited about but the listeners of this passage instead meet jesus with derision the crowd is unimpressed with his soliloquy of his theologizing i just made that word up (laughs) they start to complain or some translations say grumble which seems a little confusing Why are they complaining? Why are they grumbling? Well, that word is the same word that's used for the Israelites in the desert. After the Israelites have seen the Red Sea part, after they've passed through the dry land to salvation, after they have left slavery, after they've seen these miraculous signs and the plagues that have come upon Egypt, They come out into the daily life and they begin to grumble and to complain. Similarly, the crowds have just seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with a couple loaves of bread and fish. They've seen Jesus heal the sick, make the lame walk again, the blind see. They've seen these big miracles and now he's transitioning to explaining the will of God. And the will is not that we would be wooed by these extraordinary signs, but that we would come every single day to God for life. As we return every day to bread for life and wine for life, every day we would return to Jesus, that we would return to Jesus who has brought God to earth to relationships with humanity in a whole new way. The Israelites, the crowds, they are me. They are us. We want big signs. We want excitement. We want to see something spectacular. When we're making a big life decision, who of us haven't said, if God would just, you know, write in the clouds, I would know what to do. We want big signs. We're enthralled with the new, by the extraordinary. But Jesus says that God's will is this, that we would simply come every day to Jesus and be filled that all would come and be nourished by God's saving presence today because God will give us enough for our daily bread. Remember in the Old Testament, manna only stayed out for a day. It went bad the next day. And so every day the Israelites had to return to collect. In the same way we are called to return to Jesus Christ's presence every day, To drink from that wellspring of grace that never runs out. So, church, as we go out, as we try to discern what God's will is, as we drift through the rip currents of this life, as we make decisions for our family and our community and our church, let's ask the question are we first coming to be nourished by the presence of the living God? Are we living our lives in a way that invites all people into the presence and love of a relational incarnate God? Because after reading this, I can say one thing with absolute confidence to all of you today, that this is God's will for you. That you would be filled with Christ's love every day. That every day you would know that you are known by the creator God of the universe who seeks to sustain and give you life. That the bread of life meets you every day from today until eternity. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.